Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining me on Pool Deck, the podcast that talks all things in and around the, the aquatic recreation industry. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to all our pool managers out there. They're doing it a bit tough. They've had some fires uh, out in the regions and had power cuts. Uh, so I know you guys are normally uh, doing it tough out there, but doing it extra tough at the moment. So hopefully you get your power back on um, and everyone is safe out in those regions. So talking about safety, we're going to be actually talking um, to a guest speaker today, John East, and he is from Raw Life Saving Western Australia, and he's the Safe Venues Coordinator. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me on Pool Deck. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be here. You've had a bit of a, a journey, haven't you? And that You've been in the industry quite a while. How long have you been in the industry for? Steve, I've probably been in the industry just a little bit over 30 years. Um, a lot of that time has been spent at uh, Fremantle in multiple roles. I guess my first role uh, in the industry was a swimming teacher. Yeah. Um, did that for a year or so and then realised that uh, the the role of the lifeguard looked a lot more attractive than jumping into the swimming pool every day. So <laughs> a I, bit uh, cooler out at uh, Fremantle in the, in the water with that uh, Wesley and uh, doctor coming that in. Fremantle doctor, yeah. <laughs> so um, I took, on, took a few qualifications and uh, got qualified to be a pool lifeguard and did that for many years and then progressed through the ranks and got the opportunities through the city to become a, uh, a duty manager, then a pool supervisor, and eventually um, a facility manager, uh, which I was in that role for about 17 years. Yeah, so uh, you've now done a bit of a career change and you've uh, come to Raw Life Saving um, as the Safe Venues uh, Coordinator. So uh, why change? There was multiple things going through my mind. Um, one of them was... I don't want to die at Fremantle <laughs> um, and what other opportunities were out there before I got to the point where I was just, you know, too far gone, so to speak. Sure. Um, so, yes, I spoke to um, some contacts that I had and knew at Royal Life Saving Society and uh, there would become an opportunity over here to join the Safe Venues team and um, I've been here for two years and really enjoying it. Yeah, so you're also um, very well known in the industry. You did a lot of training and that as well, with uh, especially with lifeguarding, with lifeguarding and and so forth. And uh, you're also on the board, uh, the Lever Aquatics board, for for, for many many years. Um, and now you've uh, uh, joined the ranks of uh, a life member. So congratulations on uh, being a life member now for a few years. We sort of. Uh, uh, inducted you into life membership sort of probably at the worst time during COVID. So we couldn't really celebrate the way we sort of wanted to. Um, but I think it's a really good recognition of uh, all, all the years of service and the, and the passion you've had and that for, for the industry. Uh, you've got a lot of other hobbies as well. You've got some surfing hobbies, bike riding. Uh, well, well, where's your f- favourite surfing spot? Um, Great Southern, Denmark. Yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a little place down there and I get down there quite regularly. Um, enjoy enjoy the beaches down there. There's a variety of different surf options there and it's, it's family friendly as well. Uh, I've got a few little uh, grommets uh, in the family and um, they're enjoying jumping on a, on a board and catching a few waves with me as well. So it's all good. Denmark. Yeah. 
Denmark's your favourite, but I, I know that you guys go to uh, Indonesia a bit and, uh, and do a little bit of surfing over there. How, how does the waves rate uh, that compared to Denmark? Yeah, we're spoiled. Um, <laughs> uh, every now and then we uh, decide to chart a, a boat and uh, make our way over to the warm waters of Indonesia mm-hmm. uh, and get some pristine um, waves, um, almost like... Um, picture-perfect waves. They're, they're almost mechanical. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, really enjoy that with um, some mates that we've been doing this for, you know, probably just a little bit over 10 years. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, it, it's something to really to look forward to yeah. um, and, and enjoy it. We're here today to talk a, a little bit about uh, safety in and around facilities, but more so around the safety assessments, or some people know them as safety audits, um, and that's so your sort of role here at Raw Life Saving is to sort of coordinate and do those uh, safety assessments, but for those coming into the industry of not sort of too sure about what it is or, um, you know, what's the process of that, can you give us a bit of a brief overview of actually what is a safety assessment that facilities get? Sure, Steve. Um, Royal Life WA has been in partnership with LGIS, uh, Local Government Insurance Scheme, for many years, and a part of the program is that we will go out to 30 sites, 30 facilities uh, each year, um, and then on a rotational basis, it makes it come around every three to four years uh, to a Group 1 aquatic facility, and we do the safety assessment um, at these 30 sites. It entails uh, a, a, a certified assessor, auditor, uh, to go out on site um, with a series of questions, um, pretty much sp- uh, specific to the Code of Practice, the Department of Health's Code of Practice, as well as the Guidelines of Safe Cooperation, the GSPOs, and we go through 12 sections um, and we work closely with the operations or the uh, facility manager and we're basically uh, getting evidence um, on those questions and capturing that evidence. So really, um, these the, the, these assessments, uh, are, are they um, an automatic thing? Is it, is it a requirement? Does the, the councils have to be involved in this or do they, is it something that's just organised and it's set and it's always sort of done throughout the facilities or, or do they actually have to approach you guys to say, yes, we want to get one done? They can approach us and, and voluntarily um, get one done, uh, but otherwise the Group 1 facilities, uh, which are most of the local government facilities, it will be on that cycle of every three to four years. Is it just yourself? Do you have a team that go out or is it just yourself that goes out and, and does these? We're a small team. Uh, our main uh, auditor assessor is Eddie Gibbs. A lot of people would be familiar with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie's been uh, doing it for a long time and is in a an encyclopedia in in this field um and he's out on i guess out on site and he's actually out on site today um uh-huh. in the uh, great southern um doing some uh, safety assessments down there for this week so give us the process what what actually happens when you go out and do uh, an assessment um just from the very basics of um you know what are you looking for what do you need to do what what sort of assistance do you need from the facilities? Sure. We'll make contact with the facility manager and uh, we'll provide them with a, a series of questions uh, from the 12 sections. 
and uh, that gives them, you know, enough time to sort of prepare uh, the documentation and the things that we're looking for. But pretty much we're looking for, you know, policy procedure, you know, evidence, you know, that could be captured in an operations manual, uh, an induction uh, manual, uh, certifications of their qualifications, what sort of training uh, do they do, um, and, you know, especially around the emergency response plan, um, how that's been uh, introduced into the workforce, making sure that just not the lifeguards are familiar with it, but, you know, swimming instructors and, you know, administration staff are all familiar as well. Yeah. So, so it's a, a really bit of back-end and sort of front-of-house sort of um, areas, so signages in places and, and, and all the plant room is, you know, in, in good working order and that, as well as obviously all your policies and procedures Correct. and that as well. So it's a full slate of, of uh, a range of things that you're looking for. Exactly, yeah. They, they'll, they'll open up closed doors and look behind those closed doors and make sure, you know, they're self-closing and, you know, if, if chlorine is involved, chlorine gas is involved, that the appropriate, you know, dangerous goods um, licences um, have been obtained. Um, PPE gear is all readily available. Um, and, and as you said, signage is, is a big one. Yeah. With these here, you know, when you're sort of saying, you know, going in and checking behind doors, well, it, we've really got to see this as a positive experience, don't we? It's, it's not there just to go and pick on, on facilities and pick out all their flaws and, and that. It's really just to make sure that we're, we're either one set a benchmark of where we're at and then gives us a goal. Um, would you say that that would be the direction? Yeah, absolutely. We're working with the facilities um, and the owners and the operators to, you know, meet the standards um, and work with them to achieve those standards. Uh, we all want, you know, a safe environment for our communities to come into our facilities to use and we want a safe environment for our operators and our staff that are... Um, operating these facilities as well. So, yes, it's... it's uh, when the report is actually done or the assessment is done, we generate a report, we, um, we distribute that to the facility manager and then we allow that report to be open for eight weeks, which gives them time just in the event that they uh, didn't have that documentation or that evidence available on the day. Uh, they can submit that or if they need to do something, they have got eight weeks to do that. Okay. Um, they provide that evidence back to us and then we'll close the report off after eight weeks. But some of these things are out of the hands of an operations manager or facility manager and they're things that need to go up the, up the chain. Um, so it, it allows also an opportunity um, for a facility manager to you know, put, I guess, um, we called it at Fremantle a new initiative for a capital um, project or a capital budget mm -hmm. uh, to be considered, um, which are sort of things that, you know, are out of the realm of, you know, operational budgets, uh, more more of an expensive uh, item that needs to be done as well. So it provides that level of support for the facility manager to say, look, it's not just my idea, it's uh, it, it's... It's coming from a third party as well, um, and it's referenced to normally, you know, a legislative requirement or a, um, a regulation of some sort or a best practice. 
Yeah, so it, it really gives you a stamp of approval to say, look, we're doing everything we can or, yes, it's highlights some areas and gives us some projects or some guidance on, on where we need to fix up on those sort of areas. Now, you mentioned uh, LGIS uh, before um, and that. So, so what's their partnership in this and, and what's their sort of role? The LGIS uh, fund the program. Uh, yeah. They pay for the 30 facilities uh, each year. Um, they... Um, it, it's great to have them on board uh, and be a partner with them because they show a lot of interest and, you know, we're sort of raising the bar all the time. Um, you know, over the years, and I look back on records, you know, I can see that the, you know, the, I guess the, the average of these 30 facilities are, are slowly creasing up and we're around 96% um, for the 22-23 financial year. Um, and they're really good stats. Um, it's really positive. That so, so that 90-odd percent, that that's, um, in, is compliancy, is it? That, that, yeah. That's correct. The scheduling process, you mentioned, um, what was it, eight weeks that they've got things to, if there was things that needed to be rectified, they've got that sort of period. Um, what about bigger sort of um, items, you know, where it might need to be next budget or, you know, large ticket items that they might, might need to do to fix up? Um, is there any leeway or, or what's the processes there of how, how you deal with that? Look, we'll close the report off after that eight-week period and if there's any commentary um, that's provided by the facility manager or operations person, uh, we'll capture that in the report saying that this is an item that needs to be considered at a council level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess LGIS can see those comments um, and possibly uh, LGIS might have those conversations as well with the, uh, the the local government authority. Yeah, it really comes down to the, the, the type of safety, you know, uh, you know compliance or, or non-compliance that, that, that would really determine on you know, whether it needs to be done right now, um, you know, or something that's projected and that for the future. Exactly, yeah, and we see all sorts. We see, you know, barriers that, you know, um, could enhance, you know, safety. We see... Uh, diving platforms that are, you know, in you know, in in shallow water, uh, or starting uh, starting blocks in shallow water, which probably shouldn't be there. We're seeing ageing infrastructure, which you know is deteriorating and becoming, you know, a bit of a concern with you know um, concrete cancer. Mm-hmm. So those those are the sort of big ticket items that you know the community want, but um, you know, how do we manage them moving forward? Yeah. Now we're slowly getting into the, uh, the the technology age, and we're we sort of moved away from sort of the hard. So those who may have done it many many years ago, um, you know, and everything was based around the the code of practice um, and so forth. But we're, we're looking at making some changes, aren't we? There's some um, new developments in that in that sort of space that we're doing, and maybe doing it on iPads and and those sorts of things. But yeah, Steve, it's an exciting time uh, and it's a great time to be involved uh, with this. We're moving uh, to a new question set, a national question set. So WA has had a question set which has uh, been specific to our code uh, as well as some, sta- some Australian standards and, and GSPOs. But the, the national question set will uh, enhance our questions, so we're not losing our questions. We're just um, bringing or merging the national uh, questions and the WA questions together. Well, well what are the, the the differences in the in the new question sets uh, that we've got um, in, in the new program? 
Yeah, good question, Steve. Um, as I mentioned before, the WA uh, question set is uh, based on 12 sections. Uh, those sections are, you know, pretty much straight out of the, um, the Department of Health's Code of Practice. Um, the new uh, national question set um, consists of 20 sections. Um, so it's a few more sections involved, uh, and those sections, um, not all sections will need to be, you know, assessed at every facility. Obviously, the bigger facilities will probably have more because some of those um, assessments, you know, would be things about, you know, diving pools and, you know, hydrotherapy pools and lazy rivers and, and inflatables and all that sort of stuff. But uh, other sort of... Um, the, the general seven uh, that will be asked at all um, safety assessments moving forward will be... Um, section 1, Work, Health and Safety. Section 2, Emergency Planning. Section 3, Qualifications and Training. Section 4, Aquatic Programs. Section 5, Supervision. 6, First Aid. 7, Plant and Chemicals. Now, the other remaining uh, sections will depend on your facility, but those first seven will be asked at each uh, safety assessment. So they're the sections. Um what are we looking at actual questions? Um, a question, we'll have a primary question, um, and then the primary question is quite broad, uh, and then what we'll have, you know, following or supporting that um, primary question will be a sub-question. So the sub-question is, you know, going down to more detail uh, to into that primary question. So there could be one, two, or multiple pri- uh, sub-questions to that primary questions. The report will um, provide the, the, the client the uh, whole list of questions uh, that has been answered and what has been identified as compliant and what has been non-compliant. From that, we will hopefully produce a, uh, a risk plan uh, for the client that will be able to sort of identify those non-compliant questions and they'll be able to work on, you know, on determining how they see those risks as what sort of level of priority and create some sort of action uh, towards addressing those issues. So when we talk about time allocation, um, what is it that, um, what sort of time frame are we looking at to get an assessment done for somebody to come out and have a, is it it a week, is it a day, is it a couple of hours? Um, What's the assessment sort of timeline? We're scheduling um, the 24, 25 now. So we will uh, look at our, our database and look at who's on the cycle to come up into that next three to four year period. Um, if we get a facility that, um, y- you know, is not included in that, you know, 30 uh, and they want a, um, a safety assessment done, we'll just look at our schedule and, and try and fit that in. Um Usually we can fit them in within a three-month sort of period, um, depending on, you know, the location. If it's metro, it's a lot easier. If it's regional, it's a little bit more challenging, but it's certainly doable. Yep. So the actual assessment um, on the day, is it um, is it a couple of hours? Is it an all-day thing? Well, well... At the moment, it's probably a half a day. Um, it's you know, we've got a very experienced assessor, Eddie. Uh, he's He knows what he's looking for and uh, um, the pool manager is quite often well pre- prepared, 
for us to be on site for that day. Moving forward uh, with the question, new question set, uh, the national question set, I would say it would be a whole day uh, on the facility. It's probably going to be half a day with an operator uh, and half a day with, you know, the assessor, auditor, just walking around the facility capturing the evidence um, and doing that assessment on pool deck. Prior to coming out on pool, uh, out on site, the uh, the operator uh, or the facility manager will get the list of questions, uh, and then they can see them and then prepare. Yeah, so so that, that that's really important. Obviously, that we're not just coming out there to uh, um, you know start bombarding them with all these questions without that preparation. They are sort of given those uh, questions and that prior to, to to prepare ready for the assessment. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, I think we'll be out there for a week. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And just the other thing I'd probably want to mention, Steve, that uh, you know, right at this moment we're we're going through the WA questions uh, uh, safety assessment. Um, process. Uh, we're trialling. We're in a trial environment at the moment, so we're going out to a few facilities uh, testing the new question sets and getting comfortable with it. Our assessors are getting comfortable with it. And then we, um, the plan is that we'll launch this in the 24-25 financial year. So, you know, from then, moving forward, will be the national question set. So you mentioned um, the LGIS is uh, paying for this. For, for somebody that's not a part of um, the, the, this process or somebody, uh, another facility that wants to, uh, you know, jump on board, uh, is there any costs involved for, the, for those sort of people? Yes, there is, Steve. Uh, our uh, fees and charges for a safety assessment is 2500 mm-hmm. uh, plus GST. And then if there's any travel uh, accommodation costs, they are passed on to the um, the client as well. Now, over the years, many uh, facilities obviously have taken part in this. Uh, um, what's some good news stories? And that so facilities that may not have done so well have have really boosted their compliance and uh, and have done a lot better in safety. Is there anyone out there that's one hundred percent? There is, Steve. Um, in the last uh, financial year, twenty. 22-23, there was uh, six facilities that uh, would have got a score probably in the uh, high 80s or mid 80s uh, and they were able to uh, get up to 100%. So uh, it's really pleasing when you send the report back and, you know, our first contact with the facility will be within two weeks of um, of them, you know, receiving the report. We go through the report just through a verbal telephone conversation, ask any questions, um, provide any support or advice where we can, and then we'll stay in touch with them at the uh, the halfway mark. So I send them an email at the halfway mark, and uh, and then another one just prior to the eighth week mark. It makes my role feel good um, when you, you can feel that there's a, a buy-in from this facility and the operator. The, going out of their way to, you know, write a policy or, you know, develop a procedure or, you know, order some signs or, or whatever they need to do. So, um, yeah, there was uh, out of the 30 facilities, six of them yeah. did get 100% last year. Yeah, that's that, that's great. Again, it sort of shows the positivity 
of doing this and to, you know, give you a baseline of say, look, you know, we want to do better, uh, gives us a baseline of where we need to be at and where we need to get to. Um, so it gives us some goals and uh, it really isn't about that uh, uh, just sneaking around, picking out all the faults of the the facility, but to, to make it a, a place where it's very welcoming and safe uh, for both our staff and our users. Um that's about it for today. Uh, I want to thank you, John, for joining in and uh, giving our listeners a, a bit of an insight about uh, safety assessments and uh, not to be scared of them, um, to, but to be really you know, embrace them and uh, uh, use it as a tool to be able to better our industry. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciated being on board. And that is it for today. We're going to put some links up on the podcast if everyone wants to uh, get in contact with Raw Life Saving. Uh, if you think your safety assessment is due or you want to get one done, uh, I'll put those links up on the podcast. So thank you very much and joining us on Pool Deck. <laughs>